Hi, my name is Jeremy Prudeau. I am co-founder and partner at Digital Food Lab. Digital Food Lab is a food tech insight and strategy consultancy. Our mission is to look into the future of food and help our clients, brands, retailers, and B2B players stay or become leaders. Today, we are trying something new. With this podcast, we want to go beyond what we do with our newsletters and reports. We want to deep dive into the future of food. Together with Mathieu Vincent, the other co-founder of Digital Food Lab and author of the newsletters, we will explore the themes covered in our newsletters and we will wonder how the underlying trends may have an impact on the future of food. Today, we will focus on food tech unicorns. So, let's dive in. Hi, Mathieu. Hi, Jeremy. So, last week, we released a briefing and mapping about unicorns in food tech. So first, what is a unicorn and why is it relevant to look at them? Yeah, indeed. Uh, and yeah, I'm so glad to start this new podcast with you, uh, Jeremy. And so what is a unicorn? It's actually a startup, but a startup that is valued more than one billion. And to be more precise, it's always to and often to refer about startups which are private companies. So we are not talking about companies that are publicly traded uh, on the stock exchange. So we are talking about private startups. So it's a value that investors are somewhat uh, yeah, privately uh, not um, uh, validated by the public. Uh, so it's really uh, real private uh, determination of value. So it's the first end uh, of the, uh, this uh, answer. And then um, what is really interesting is the history of unicorns. Actually, unicorns were uh, supposed to be rare. Uh, so the name, unicorn, mythical name, uh, it was coined in 2013. And at the time, it was really rare to for a startup to be a unicorn. We were talking about startups such as uh, Airbnb and the kind, but now uh, unicorns have become very numerous. We you have a lot of them. Uh, we are even talking about decacorn, ectocorns for startups uh, valued more than 10 or 20 billions, and you have a whole zoo of startups uh, names uh, out there. And what we did uh, for this report uh, is to look at our uh, database and of startups, of food tech startups, and tried uh, by looking at the various deals, uh, biggest deals in uh, the food tech ecosystem, to look for the startups that could be valued more than one billion. So uh, it's like a very empirical uh, way to gather the data. And the final part of your question was why why is it relevant to look at these kind of startups uh, because they are just so big uh, these startups valued ones and more than one billion that they give us uh, an indication about the food tech ecosystem as a whole and they are also a way to look into the future uh, because some of these companies and we'll talk about a bit about that later are very forward looking and they can help us to imagine what will the future of food will be. Yeah, thank you. And um, how many are they, food tech unicorns? Uh, we have counted 
48 uh, unicorns. Uh, uh, yeah, it's something that is quite moving right now uh, because uh, we've added uh, one just today. We were releasing the report, uh, Gorillas, which had uh, raised 300 million just the day before. So it can move really fast. <laughs> and um, I, I think there is around 20 to 25,000 food tech startups in the world. So how 48 can be relevant? Yeah, indeed. Uh, yeah, it's maybe a way to have a clear picture about what the food tech ecosystem is because 20, 25 or 30,000 food tech startups is just a lot. It's not possible to process it. It's not possible to map it. Uh, it's too huge. So looking at this real small number, and actually uh, it's around 0.14%, so it's just tiny percentage of the global food tech ecosystem. But for the startup, it's a reasonable number that you can just put on a mapping, as you as we've done, and it gives you an image of what the ecosystem is, what are the dynamics of it. Uh, what is even more interesting than uh, looking at the picture of the ecosystem, it's looking at how it is evolving. Uh, we have been doing this mapping for the past uh, two years and it's really interesting to look at how it is evolving and which startups are now valued 1 billion, which were not valued as much two years ago and which startups are not valued 1 billion today uh, they were uh, two years ago. So what are the dynamics of the food tech ecosystem? Yeah, and so what are the differences we can highlight from our past uh, mappings and uh, the new one? Uh, maybe uh, first one, uh, which is quite obvious to everyone which is interesting uh, interested into food tech, is the switch toward grocery delivery. So you have a big move of investors which were really investing a lot into restaurant delivery startups, so the Deliveroo, Uber Eats, etc., which are now investing into delivery of groceries, startups such as uh, Gusto, uh, Gorillas, and all the other ones that we've seen in in the past couple of months that may become uh, unicorns in the next couple of years. And for example, can, can you explain yeah. um, what is Gusto? What else are yeah, you? yeah. Uh, could be interesting indeed to, to put some uh, facts on the, the startups. Gusto is actually a British meal kit startup. So the idea is uh, as a consumer, you go on the website and you order uh, to be delivered each week with uh, groceries which are just the exact amounts and exact quantities you will need to do the amount of recipes you will be subscribed to so five to seven to ten recipes so a really convenient way for families notably to be uh, to receive groceries at their home thanks and um, other differences between the previous mappings and the new one yeah, uh, second one is, uh, which uh, I mentioned uh, sooner, uh, is the disappearance uh, of one startup, which was a unicorn. It's the first time that we observe this in the uh, food tech space. So Luckin Coffee, which uh, was or is, it's a bit unclear from our point of view, um, which was a competitor, a Starbucks 
competitor in China. Uh, it has risen really, really fast, and it has fallen uh, even faster last year uh, due to allegation of fraud, uh, big fraud, uh, so in in its stores. And third big difference uh, with the uh, previous mappings uh, is that we now. Um, uh, we hear a lot about new trends, new startups uh, that are embodying new uh, trends that we, we like to talk about, uh, and which are entering the, this new Unicorns Club. Uh, and so, obvious questions. What, what are these trends? <laughs> yeah, yeah, actually, uh, um, again, uh, quite obvious trend for people that are interested into FUTEC, but it's quite interesting to see that uh, these uh, startups are entering. Uh, the Unicorn uh, Club, you are first plant-based startups, so uh, companies such as Oatly, uh, the uh, Swedish um, uh, plant-based milk producer, which is now valued around 10 billion, and which will soon uh, make its IPO uh, uh, on the stock exchange. You have Adjust, which is also working on plant-based, but also on uh, cellular agriculture. You have packaging with startups such as Apple Sciences, so a really exciting area of uh, the future of packaging. You have robotics with Neuro, so Neuro is an autonomous car uh, startup. They do this kind of small autonomous car that can deliver groceries at your home, and they are already partnering with big retailers such as Kroger in the US. So. It's really interesting to see that even for these very future futuristic trends, you have startups that are now valued more than one billion. Yeah, thank you. And in terms of um, broader categories, um, what do they do? What can we uh, say about uh, those different unicorns? Uh, Again, uh, it won't be a surprise that uh, most of the uh, startups are working in deliveries. So most of the unicorns that we've listed in Foodtech are uh, somewhat related to delivery. Uh, a big part of them uh, are related to restaurant delivery, but more and more to grocery delivery. And you have also, um, I think that's a good news, more and more startups uh, which are valued more than 1 billion, which are related to food science. So by food science, we mean startups which are creating new product, new food products. And I do think that uh, it's in food science that you will see the future of food uh, that you, we uh, at Digital Food Lab really want to, to see uh, happen. Yeah. And in terms of uh, geography, uh, I'm enjoying that a large majority of these startups is American? And actually, not that much. Um, it, it was quite a surprise. Uh, you have obviously a uh, uh, large number of these unicorns, which is uh, based in the US, but uh, it's not as uh, dominant as we could have expected. And actually, you have a fair a number of these startups which are both in Asia and in Europe. And actually, in the case of Europe, uh, the continent is quite overrepresented. Um, if I explain myself, uh, Europe is 
12 to 15% each year of the investments made in uh, Futech globally. But we have in Europe 27 to 30% of the whole amount of unicorns. So yeah, uh, we, we can say that uh, Europe is playing well above its weight in terms of unicorns and it's also a reflection of a trend in Europe to concentrate money into a smaller number of winners. Yeah, and you, you've talked before about food science, uh, which is a future of food. And so is there anything about cellular agriculture or clean meat? Uh, it, it seems to make the headlines almost every day. Yeah, indeed. Uh, we we can't uh, talk about food tech nowadays without <laughs> talking about uh, future proteins, uh, with uh, about disruption of uh, uh, proteins. But uh, with the exception of uh, just which I mentioned uh, earlier, which is not really a 100% clean meat startup, you don't have uh, that many. Uh, startup, you don't have any, any of them actually, and. Uh, that's why it's interesting to look at uh, uh, unicorns. It's because uh, you have startups that are actually valued one billion by investors, which are actually doing real business, and you don't have the much hyped startups that are that a lot of people are talking about, but which are not actually making any business. So it's also a way to make a difference between the hype and the actual facts on the ground. Thank you. And in the current context, are these startups being affected by the pandemic? Uh, yeah, uh, but uh, it always a bit complicated to say that, but quite positively, uh, I shall say. Um, in this mapping, uh, and yeah, I encourage all the listeners to just go on our website and to have a look at it. Um, as you can see on the mapping, you have only two uh, food service startups, so startups which are related to restaurants. And so they have not been so affected, these 48 startups as a whole. So as for the whole food tech ecosystem, COVID has been much more a boon than something uh, destructive because people have ordered more food online either restaurant food through restaurant delivery either grocery delivery and uh, they have also tried much more uh, d2c brand they have switched to new plant-based foods etc etc so it has been just as a whole very positive for the food tech ecosystem and hence for these unicorns thank you and um you mentioned earlier that looking at unicorns was a way to look at potential scenarios in the future. How so? Um, it's uh, always interesting to look at these startups because when what we try to do actually with Digital Lab is to consider uh, startups as signals of potential futures. So it's interesting to just, for example, uh, we can do it with unicorns. Uh, if we imagine that the future of food 
was determined just by these 48 startups. What uh, will the future of food look like? And it's a really interesting exercise to, to do. Uh, for example, uh, you can just take uh, the ag tech startups, which are majority, in majority do working with uh, urban farming, and you can wonder what will the future of food look like if this startups are the majors of the future. And it's not totally stupid to do that because uh, we have again 48 startups which are valued at least more than 1 billion and for the majority of them much more than 1 billion. So we have a combined value of 100, 200, 300 billion dollars in valuation. So these companies will be uh, shaping the future of food. So it's a way to, to look at it. Uh, so, for example, uh, when you look in Europe uh, at Gorillas, in one year it has gone from nothing to uh, being valued 1 billion. So, it's a clear indication that at least something is happening. Can you have a word about what is Gorillas? Yeah, indeed. Um, Gorillas is inspired by a US startup which the which name is GoPuff and uh, they are working on a new way to deliver groceries based on dark stores so the idea is they rent small spaces in the st city centers to create closed doors stores or mini warehouses where independent workers, gig economy workers will go inside, grab items that uh, consumers have ordered and delivered to their home in less than 10, 15 or 20 minutes. And the big promise, the big difference is this idea of 10, 20 minutes delivery. So really uh, fast, immediate uh, deliveries of convenience foods or drinks. Thanks. And finally, what are the limits of focusing on unicorns? Um, yeah, it's uh, maybe just to start, the first limit is that you are focusing on valuation. So on the value that individuals have put on a company and not on its effectiveness or its profitability. So for example, um, a lot of people right now are talking about Clubhouse, uh, which is this new audio app. It's valued more than 1 billion, but there is no path to profitability, even to revenue, and is focusing on valuation made by a couple of people is that relevant. So it can be a limit because in some cases we've seen huge valuation which were 100% decorrelated from the impact that the company could have on the long term of the ecosystem it was working on. So that's something really, really important. And second limit is that all unicorns are not equal. Uh, so some of them at some point will generate revenue and profits and some won't. Uh, so for example, you can compare DoorDash and Deliveroo. Uh, first one is in the US, second one is in the UK. Uh, the two have had IPOs in the last couple of months, but one was successful, the other was not uh, because it was a different of being profitable, etc., etc. So it's really... Uh, also, you have to consider what a company is in terms of profit, of the way it's managed, etc., etc. So, 
we should not just focus on this unicorn status. Yeah, th thank you much for all these explanations and thank you all for listening. I remind you that the, the mapping of unicorns is free and accessible on our website on digitalfoodlab.com and then you go on insights slash foodtech briefings. I hope you like this podcast. Give us your feedback and please rate us on Apple Podcasts and other platforms. And see you soon. Bye.